0: It's Barely In Topic, podcast for Boston Bruins fans, by Boston Bruins fans. Hello, listeners. Uh, It's Barely In Topic. I'm VA, and I am here talking about Bruins stuff, because, you know, we are a podcast about the Boston Bruins, by Boston Bruins fans, or for Boston Bruins fans, by, uh, Whatever. You know, we talk about the Bruins, and we're fans, and uh, we hope that you enjoy that. But anyway, I'm here with Jeff.
1: Yo. And
0: Timothy. Hello. I should have said Jeffrey and Timothy. You know, not that either of you go by that ever, really. But I never go by my name, so it's fantastic. So we can be be B.A., Jeff, and Tim. Okay, that was a lot of words. So... This team, guys. This fucking team.
1: How fun are they? Like seriously, like like they had no business winning some of those games the way they were playing early on and then just like, okay, we're going to do it now. Oh my god. I mean, I want to talk about the games later, but I
0: just I think that we have to lead off with like this team. It's frustrating and then fun. And it's
1: just... they, they 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 categorically refuse to lose. At all costs. So they're winning in an awful, ugly fashion. But it's happening anyway. <laughs> <laughs> a win the
2: win. Two points or two points.
0: Yep. Whether it happens in overtime or regulation. Because we had all of that this week.
1: Well, well, well that's just it. They haven't left a game without getting points since, what, Montreal on the 5th? Yep.
0: Yep. Um that that's that's good with me. I'm I'm good with
1: that. That's four weeks um in two days. So let's hopefully uh hope that stay that holds for the time being.
0: <laughs> I, I definitely hope so because uh when they're winning it's a lot more fun and we don't have to hear really stupid comments all the time about, you know, how the team sucks and whatever. Although we still hear it, but that's okay. When they're winning, it's easier to shrug it off. Now, tonight, they are playing the Habs again. and They uh, are. And uh, I think that this is something that we need to, to lead off with because we have been talking about this for weeks. And the media just kind of glommed onto it last week because they have to pay attention to other things. And we have more time in our hands to pay attention to this one thing. Connor Clifton tonight is going to lose his uh, waivers virginity in the respect yes. that he is no longer going to be exempt. He will be waivers eligible. And if they even think about sending him to Providence, if if any team gets a whiff of that, he will probably be gone. So he is on this team.
1: First team on the, um, uh, on the, the waiver list, which is Detroit guaranteed snatches him right up. Oh yeah. Like with, yeah, he would. He would be snatched up on waivers very quickly. Right shot defenseman inside for three seasons after this one at a million dollars. Definitely an NHL player. Third pairing right D, but still, they're still right. Great skater, plays like a escaped mental patient.
0: <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, looks like Robert Downey Jr.
1: <laughs> that's probably not that important, but I think he still does. Uh, I, I don't think that's the reason why people would make a make a um uh, a waiver claim. No, but uh...
0: well, no. I was just talking about his general traits. But you know, hey, you never know. With some of these teams, they might go. We really want a defenseman who looks like Robert Downey Jr. And then they're like, dude, there is one, but he's taken by Boston right now.
2: He's also really good at playing Brick or Jack, whichever one he was for Halloween.
0: Um, he was Jack because Grizz was definitely Brick. I mean, first of all, how could you not play Grizz as Brick? Because like he's from the area, he could probably do that Melrose accent. Definitely. Well, see, that's
1: really critical, right? Because it's the Brick's all accent, so, so.
0: yeah, Brick. Whenever he goes on any other show, he sounds very different than everybody else. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. So tonight's lines. While we're talking about Clifton. uh, Tonight's lines. Thankfully, Marshy's back. He had an illness. On Friday, he played apparently through
1: illness.
2: He also got pulled from the concussion spot of that game too. Oh, we're gonna talk about that in a little bit, yeah, that's, Tim. That's
1: a different thing altogether though, Tim, right? There's this whole this whole thing there.
0: Oh, Tim, don't <laughs> worry. Don't worry. We're gonna talk about it. We are, we are. But I just wanna say that he did not uh he was apparently not feeling well, but he still played. Uh thankfully he did not seem to have the thing that's going through the Patriots locker room this week, so Whatever. And he didn't seem to spread it to anyone else, I don't think. But anyway, so we got Marshy, Krejci, and Pasta. Uh, yeah, we know that. Uh, Bergie is a, there's no timeline on Berkey coming back. So it's okay. It's okay. We're not going to panic. Everything's fine. Dabras, Coyle, and Heinen on that second line tonight. Cassidy was not happy with Heinen on Friday and benched him through the second so he's given him a chance up in the second line. That's good. Now this third line we've got Bjork, Corrali,
1: oh man, and Bacchus. I don't know how I feel about that line. That line feels like kind of a mess.
2: Yeah, it does. And that's
1: not a condemnation of any of the players. I just don't see that I'm working as a trio. Well,
0: I mean, I really actually did like the first couple of games of ten fifty two and forty three. Maybe Friday's game was not the best, but Friday, like he put all the lines in a blender and things worked
1: somehow. So, well, there's the thing Friday, things were weird. Like, um, Heinen and Bjork had like an t- astonishingly low uh, time on ice on Friday. Heinen, especially, mm-hmm. like both were at, or, at, were at or under 10 minutes, I think.
0: Crowley had a, probably a season high of like 14 something.
1: Yep. Okay, sorry, I had it there. Bjork played 11.35, Heinen played 9.50. Yeah, he, he got benched, so. Yeah, Heinen and Studnica both played under 10 minutes. Right.
0: You, you know, last week we talked about Corrali needing something different. Uh, I suggested sitting him and, and <laughs> didn't get the episode out in time before the game happened where he just exploded. He, he had himself a good week. He did. I can't wait to talk about that, too. Anyway, you know, and then we'll have Nordstrom, Lindholm, Wagner on the fourth line. And our defensive pairings, there's nothing different. So uh, Clifton's in. That's straight from, from Cassidy from this morning. And then Araska's starting tonight. And then Halak. So uh, it's the backup. So the Clifton
1: thing, I'm not... <sighs> I mean, I like that the team is clearly announcing that they genuinely believe Clifton is one of our top six defensemen. Yep. That's what this means. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't be burning They're the, one of their few outs for when Moore and Miller start coming back. So I, A, I think it means they think he's one of their top six. B, and then I think this is more critical on the Miller front than Moore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That Miller setback is probably more substantial than they're letting on
2: yeah probably
0: Moore is doing conditioning stint down in in the hl
1: yes yeah he
2: had a, he had an assist today oh okay
1: going from that i'm kind of wondering if maybe they're viewing this as uh because there's still the roster crunch issue and there's not a lot of bodies that can be sent down especially given the fact that anyone that can be sent down on forward we kind of need right now right oh uh, unless they're gonna like wave richie which please just wave richie bye
2: that's something that could easily happen i mean i feel like Especially with Bacchus coming back, seems likely. It seems like the easiest thing to do.
1: I think a Richie or a for waiver are probably what we have coming down the pipeline. Or, and I don't really believe this is the case, but I would like to believe it's, I would like it to be the case that they're going to use this conditioning stint to prove to a potential buyer that more has value.
2: Yeah, that's what I speculated earlier in a tweet today. Because I also
1: said something similar, but I also let on that I didn't really think that's what's going on. It's what I hoped was going on.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, it makes the most sense. Just because it's not that I hate more, it's not that I dislike more, it's just that he doesn't really have a place.
1: I'm not entirely sure he isn't even, that he's even in our, he might be our fifth left D depending on your thoughts on Vok.
2: Who's on fire by the way? He had another goal today.
1: Oh, good for him. That 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 call up seems to have done seems to have woken him up, eh?
2: I think he has it's like four goals and four assists since being called back down.
1: Wow. That's that's really good considering like let's face it um I wouldn't be terribly happy if our if our left D next year was some combination Krug Grizzmore rather than Krug Grizz Bach. That's yes, me clearly telegraphing that I think this team's re-signing Kratori Krug because I just can't wrap my wrap my head around a universe where they don't. Same. Like they got points, they got points in a lot of games while he was out and they even won some, but like those were a lot of shoot-off and overtime losses there.
2: <laughs> also, like it's okay to like Grizz and like his game but also still want to keep Krug. Grizz
1: being good doesn't mean you get rid of Krug. Well, because they're not good in the same ways. Like, Anyway, we've talked on the Tori Krug matter quite a bit, and it will become relevant when we get to one of our other subjects today. So we'll, we'll come back. So, I don't know. I, 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 I can't help but think, that, I mean, I'm assuming this team has a plan with this, but I can't help but worry they're making a mistake by not, preserving that flexibility at least for a little bit longer
2: i agree that's my worry
1: fuck they could have played camp for more earlier in the season and have and have more breathing room like right yeah i i don't understand why they didn't do it to be honest yeah i said i i'm sure they have a plan i'm sure they know what they're gonna do this doesn't feel right to me
0: maybe john moore would
2: sweeten a potential trade for with bacchus
1: but but that's a lot of
2: space someone has to have to take on both, right? I mean, that's what eight point seven five million dollars.
1: Yeah, um, and literally looking at current cap space, only two teams have that much space.
0: Winnipeg's one. No. Oh gosh.
1: The, the Islanders. We, I don't. Uh, Islanders don't quite make it E2. They only have eight point one. Oh. And the Jackets with eleven point. Seven five.
0: Hmm. You know who seems like a a Blue Jackets kind of player?
1: Backus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he kind of does. I think Torts would love him. <laughs> Honestly, you know, I'm like I have such mixed feelings on on the subject of Bacchus coming off coming back. On the one hand, I'm very happy he's 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 well. It's good for him, right? Mm -hmm. It's been a month. It's been a month. But I don't think it's good for the team. I guess grim, macabre, callous, and awful is to say the best thing for the Bruins was for David Backus to not come back ever.
0: Yeah, we talked about this last week. I think we all have our, our feelings on that. And it is, or our opinions, I should say
1: it's it's painful to to think this way because it makes me feel like a bad person
0: you know see this is what's interesting jeff i'm going to tell you this and this is the truth you're not a bad person for thinking that we are all people who have complex thoughts and feelings some of them good some of them bad some people really honestly work towards evil and they are bad people You're not a bad person for thinking this. We have all thought this. I don't think I'm a bad person. I don't like the thought. It does make me feel icky. But, you know, I also think that a lot of us have the same thought coming from the same place of, like, we really just want David Backus to be well for his future. And I feel like coming back, every time he comes back from every concussion he is putting himself at risk for more. Well, that's just,
1: that's just it. It's apparently his 10th in his career. Oh, God. I didn't I mean, know that. Unless he's just unless he's just done the math and concluded that there's literally no scenario he doesn't get CT at this point, so shrug whatever, which that's a very grim, fatalistic view of life. But anyway, you know, maybe. Like, I just can't, like, like fuck. He's a pretty religious guy. I don't think he has a grim worldview like that.
0: Or a grim view of, like that. Unless he's one of those guys who's just like God's will. And I'm like, oh, you can never reason with those people. But I don't think he's that way. I think he's a pretty smart guy. I think he just, he's not ready to give up the game. And the lure of the game right now is way, way too strong to convince him to stop.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. I bet you there there would be a way to put him on LTIR. On Robida Island and stuff like that. And then he could be great. But I just feel like he he feels like he's still got something there. So you're not a bad person for thinking that, Jeff. That was a very long explanation. Um, too long. Didn't read. There we go. I'm mixed on it, too. We're going to see what happens. And it's not our decision to make. So but I don't know. I honestly I, I don't I'm going to say it again because I keep saying it. As for the defenseman, I don't think Kevin Miller is coming back. And I think the team doesn't want to come out and say that. But I think that's the reality.
1: Again, I think playing Clifton this game says that. Because, like, if that's the case, what's the point of, um, uh, of keeping him out and preserving that 60th game? Right. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know if I want to continue talking about injuries here or not. I mean, I guess while we're talking about them, we might as well just... State that uh, Richie is still in a red no contact jersey.
1: I'm okay with the. I mean, I wish him well, but like the long, I just just. While I'm not excited about bacchus playing tonight, let's just say I have no particular desire to see Richie on the ice ever again.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Now I, I realize the last player I said this about was Nordstrom, and he proved me very wrong eventually. Eventually. Because remember, everyone will surely remind me because, you know, old takes exposed and such. I said several times last season I wasn't really sure what Nordstrom was even doing here. Mm -hmm. The playoffs proved me wrong. So, like, I'll, I'll concede that maybe Richie will prove me wrong, but I just don't see it. Like, all the things that made Nordstrom good in the end were there all the time. Didn't understand what he was doing here. Richie just doesn't do things.
0: I just didn't realize until last week how fucking fast Nordstrom is.
1: He's shifty as hell, too. It's too bad he's got hands that are bit, that are made of even hard, even heavier stone than than Dan Pae. <laughs> <laughs> He Get some points here and there, Very here and there, but you know. Oh, God, saying that just makes me think about that time when that that that, that dark time when they kept being put on the ice with uh, on Krejci's wing last year. God, this team was hard to watch early last season. But then yeah. they were so fun. In the end, yeah, but like as late as December last year, I remember getting like feeling like it was a chore to watch games sometimes. Do you
0: did you forget <laughs> about the pile of bodies? Remember we had a pile of bodies.
1: I know. That we had to like
0: take parts off and use, you know, scraps. To
1: to put together. Well, the good news is, with the exception of one knee, we've got a mostly serviceable Kevin Miller that can be used for scrap. Oh
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, here we not about that, but pasta walking into the arena. It's a pasta hat game. Game
1: over tonight. I mean um Friday was a hat game too, was it not?
0: It was. There was one game this year that was not a hat. uh, That was a
1: a hat game where he wore a really great hat and he didn't score at all. But he 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 pulled a two point night out of uh, out of out of Friday on a hat game. So. Yeah. No, no, it's fine.
0: I feel like we need to talk about the contracts. Yes. So this week. It was announced the day before Thanksgiving that both Charlie Coyle. And Chris Wagner, both local boys, the the mayors of their respective towns of Weymouth and Walpole, have been
1: re-signed to multi-year deals. Yep. So, uh, starting with Charlie Coyle, this is a a deal I quite like. Um, they signed him for six years with an with a uh, annual cap hit of uh, not, uh, five and a quarter million, so a total of thirty one point five million dollars over six years. He's got a modified NTC and a full NMC all six years. That's like the one part of this contract I don't particularly love. Yeah, but at least they're not full. Well, exactly. Yeah, the NTC, just to give you some idea, 2020 through 2022, player submits a 10-team no-trade list. 22 through 25, player submits a eight team no-trade list, which basically means these are barely terms. Because, you know... Um, for most of this, that even the harshest one will be less that will be less than a third of the team. It will be is less than a third of the league. And then his last season, twenty five, twenty six, player submits a three team no trade list. <laughs> Let's face it, if the Bruins are a dumpster fire that year, the three teams on his no trade list probably aren't ones that are gonna be looking for a rental anyway. <laughs> True. And um Let's face it, by the end of that contract, the Bruins may well be a dumpster fire because, again, I'm on the record of thinking that neither Krejci nor Bergeron signs a new contract at the end of their current ones. Which is also part of why this contract exists, is the acknowledgement that next year is probably the last year of Krejci, and the year after that could be what could very well be the last year of Bergeron.
0: Okay, wait a minute. I just have to say one thing. This week, the instead of Felger and Maz... Um, the day before Thanksgiving, I think it was, or the day after Thanksgiving. I can't remember which one it was. Ryan Johnston was filling in for Felger and Mass, and so it was um, Mike McCarthy or something. And they got a call late in their their um, show about somebody asking to trade Bergeron. Oh, good.
1: I assume this person is, ba- is figuratively, anyway, buried in a marsh somewhere at this point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it um like you know it's like when we hear the trade crechey things it's like uh roll your eyes and whatever because obviously crechey is very important yes you'd get good value out of crechey but let no we're not entertaining this thought right because yeah who are you putting at second line center you already don't have a second line right wing don't compound
1: the problems and charlie Coyle, love him but he's a third line player an extraordinary third-line player, but a third-line player. <laughs> so
0: the thought of trading Patrice Bergeron, the heart and soul of this team, away, I I just, no, I can't. I don't care. I don't care if Bergie's injured every year and needs time to, to heal. I, I just, I'm not doing it.
1: Well, let's face the fact that it would also, like, probably, like, have serious effects on Brad, like, losing his, be- lo- lo- losing his bestie, his brother in arms. Like, that psychological blow would be awful for Brad.
0: Do you know he travels to, to Quebec in the off-season to go see Bergie?
1: And, like, traveling from Halifax to Quebec City is not actually easy. It's either a 12-hour drive, or your flight pings you through freaking Ottawa or Montreal or Toronto.
0: <laughs> yeah. Unless they have a special te- teleporter, but I doubt they do. But anyway, I'm just saying that bond. Yes. No, nobody no, we're not trading Craigie or Bergeron, but you know, just stop it. But now we have we have these deals, okay? So Charlie is signed for
1: 6 more seasons. And contracts reasonably, but not extremely front-loaded. He makes 8, eight million in the first year. Four and a half the last year, so you know, it's a little under its uh under its A V towards the end, but not but but not precipitously. There's also a signing bo- bonus, isn't there? Mm, not really. There's a one million signing bonus in twenty two, twenty three, and that's it. Everything else is straight salary. Oh, okay. Well all right. So basically he gets a sign in a signing bonus the next year of a lockout risk, and that's it. Okay. So it's eight million straight salary next year. Well, all right. Yeah. So, I mean, I would have liked the Coil deal to be maybe a little, a little bit shorter, a little bit cheaper, but, like, it's what it is. And, like, this is clearly saying, like, this guy's going to be the backbone, the only constant on center for the duration of the six years. And it's been talked about a lot of Bruins media have been saying it's, like, Coil's probably how you bridge from the Bergeron-Krejci time to what hopefully will be the Studnica Beecher or draft pick-to-be-named-later time.
2: And let me tell you, Stanika scored again in Providence today. Yes, it was an empty net goal, but that's six games in a row that he scored a goal.
1: Tied with Carey is the highest um, scoring prospect in the system. They both passed uh, 17 games and 17 points in 30 games in the KHL. Yep.
2: And Beecher, he was hurt recently, but he's been playing on the top wing at Michigan. So
1: Been playing wing, eh?
2: Or yeah. no, the top line center, excuse me. At Michigan, he's been on the top line.
1: Eight and fourteen for a freshman is not bad, especially one that we all know is playing more than one year. right yep. and then of course the other contracts. Mayor of Walpole, Chris Wagner. <sighs> yeah, I I don't hate, but I don't like this contract either. I like Chris Wagner, three years at uh, at, at an AV of one point three five. I don't hate either of those numbers, but together I'm not a fan. Yeah. Like, this contract, uh, it scares me a little bit because it feels very Chia re-signing the Merlot line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And while it wasn't the Merlot contracts that absolutely killed the the, the late Chiarelli Bruins, considering by the end all three of them were below replacement level, it was a problem.
0: Yeah, it's it's a very dog GM move.
1: Wagner's fun. He's great. He's local. He's popular. But, like, at the end of the day, he's just a guy. He's just some guy, you know? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I made a joke uh, earlier this week that I, I really hope that it's just not a marketing thing where it was like uh, the marketing team said no, you got to keep these guys or they're really good for the team because it's like the they both got signed at the same time and I actually wasn't expecting Wagner to be re-signed during the season if he got re-signed.
1: Well, there, well, there's a thing I figured either Coolman was flagged as his heir, as his heir apparent on the fourth line right wing. Or Britchie, or the Ritchie signing. I said Ritchie signing, which is fair actually as well. Um, was a because he's an RFA at the end of the season. Was an audition for fourth line right wing long term. Right now, I also, will say he failed that audition already. But also, you could go. have coolman. Of course, put up no points before getting injured, so it's not really clear what coolman even is right now. So
2: you could have also given Fitzgerald a shot at fourth line.
1: Doesn't he usually play left side, but I guess on the fourth line it doesn't really matter at all, does it?
2: <laughs> no, like, that's that was my thought. I mean, he's got, I think he's got like 11 or, I think he's got 12 points in Providence right now. I mean, I, I would have maybe given him a shot. I just feel like this, this Wagner so- signing just seemed really unsweeney like to me out of everything he's done. Maybe Sweeney's
0: trying to not, uh, well, I mean, no, actually, he he would still have the rights with it it, for him until June 30th. So I was going to say that we know that uh, Sweeney's track record with free agent signings is
1: not great. It depends on the kind of player, right? Border, edge of the roster players, great. Middle of the roster players, not so great.
0: (laughs) Right, right. So basically, I think he wants to make sure he's got some things filled in house, already?
1: Well, the, again, that's why the Lindholm signing last year was clearly signed signed as a Nordstrom heir, right? Because he's a center right. and left wing.
0: Right. And he is he signed for one year or two? Two. Okay.
1: Two. Okay. Uh, two years at 850. So,
0: w- my question is, what does this do to Nordstrom? Do we think Nordstrom sticks around or he's gone?
1: I think, I think he's gone. Leaving, I think he's gone after this year. He's got how... He'll have He'll have prospects. Remember, over the summer, there was rumors that people were calling on Nordstrom, which seems odd to me, but okay.
2: <laughs> and Lindholm's played well enough to, like, warrant that.
1: Still no goals against, correct? Or did that change? Correct.
2: I think he still has no goals against. And he's, like, he's a guy you can throw on the penalty kill and stuff like that. And that's, that's really important to the Bruins, especially with Bergeron being out. Bergeron's one of your big centers to kill. So, having Windholm there, I mean, that can help. Oh, I would never kill Bergie.
0: I would marry or the other one, but never kill.
2: Well, yes, but.
0: (laughs) FM, (laughs) okay. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely marry. I would definitely marry him. Okay. So, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, Patrice Bergeron, gosh, um, yeah, you definitely want to have centers who can kill penalties, for sure.
1: Anyway, there's there's merit to the fact that he signed Coil and Co- Wagner. Those were probably the easy contracts of the five noteworthies.
0: Well, I mean, and he knows that it's going to take a while to sign Krug. They're talking about it.
1: Krug's going to be, is a, it's a serious money and term back and forth that's going to happen there. Grizz is a tricky one because I'm not entirely sure what the appropriate dollar value for Grizz is. And then DeBrusque, I'm still not really sure what Jake DeBrusque is. He is a streaky player.
0: Yeah. Which makes it
1: a hard one to pay properly. Yeah. I say, honestly, with Jake. I see two year, two million, give him a bridge. He's a prime bridge candidate. That's
0: exactly what I was going to say. I I wouldn't know the numbers on it uh, other than two years, but a bridge deal. He gave Carlo and McAvoy who maybe have, well, McAvoy has more upside in the respect that, you know, everybody thinks he is the future of the Bruins defense, obviously. And Carlo is definitely a part of that. I don't know if he's, he's definitely not looked at as a franchise player the way that McAvoy is. But is DeBrusque
2: looked at that way? Not really. No, but like, they'd like him to be.
1: I love Jake DeBrusque. I do. I love, I don't think he's that player. Right. He's not a franchise cornerstone.
0: No. So, you know, give him a bridge deal. You know, basically, you know, give him some more time to sort out his game. Isn't that what bridge deals are? Aren't they just more time to well, sort that's out your just,
1: game? Just, just, it's like, take, take this $2 million each for the next two years, buddy, and prove that you deserve four or five or six.
2: Exactly. Right. and And, I mean, he may not be a cornerstone, but like, he, like, As implicated, he's a very good uh, role player. He's a very good player on a team that can be successful. As we've seen, they made it to the Stanley Cup final last year.
0: Don't you want your second line uh, wing to be a little bit more
1: than a role player? Second line wing's a tricky spot. Making the threshold of being a top six winger doesn't necessarily have a great, uh, a super high floor. That said... DeBrusque, based on last year, absolutely should be a thirty-goal scorer this year, right? And right now, he has five goals in twenty in twenty-one games. And well, he was out for yeah, he was out for a few games, right? So, but like five goals, in twenty-one games is not. I don't think that's what DeBrusque is. I am not one hundred percent sure he's that thirty-goal guy either.
0: Right, I am just saying though. My perception when you say role player, my immediate thought is third and fourth line. Okay?
1: Yeah, that's not the terms I would use. Uh, Okay. I just... But he is a complementary piece. And a second line wing can absolutely be nothing more than a complementary piece. Okay. A first line wing has to be more than that. But a second line, not necessarily. Well, he doesn't kill penalties. And in order to be a role player, you kill penalties. That's what that usually means. Oh. Okay. Well, when people say role players, that tends to be what it's code for is... Defensive players, so they kill penalties, and that's what makes their value. So Nordstrom, Corrali are role players, mm-hmm. especially Nordstrom.
0: Right. Although I thought it was interesting. There was one game where they brought Corelli out to take a, a face-off. This wasn't this past week. This was, I think, last week. They they brought him out to do a face-off in the left dot of their – was it their defensive zone? They did it because even though they kept Coil on the ice, he literally came out to do the face-off and went back to the bench because they wanted a left shot there.
2: Role player! (laughs) I guess when I said role player, I didn't mean it as a negative thing. I I just meant that he's not, like you said, a cornerstone. And to me, if you're not a cornerstone, you're a role guy. I guess I don't. Okay,
1: I see. Yeah, you used, I know what you meant. You just stretched. You used a term that has a definition. That's all. Yeah. Or a convi- or a, a popularly conceived definition. Is probably the way to put it.
0: I, I I don't think role player is a negative term. I just think that.
1: It means something in most people's heads. And,
2: and that could be me be, using it that way. Just because I'm used to. I'm more used to other sports as well. And the term role player being different. Meaning different things different sports so i didn't see him i didn't i just see a cornerstone player as being one thing and role players fill in the rest exactly that's with, all
0: with football you have people who just come out to do special teams they do nothing else you know what i mean so it's like matthew slater he's he's a gunner that's all he does If he comes into the game as a wide receiver, things are going very badly for you.
1: Yeah. So the big thing with Jake DeBrusque is he's a defensive player. It's really all he does. So when it's not going, it's hard to watch sometimes. And that's about where we've we've been this season so far.
0: You know, when I think of players being sat on the ninth floor, when they have the ability to do that, I think of Jake DeBrusque because he said, yeah, I, I was sat for a game and, Uh, Or two and I I had to watch what was going on. and It really cleared my head about what I needed to do. So it's like you can respond to that in one of two ways. Yeah, you can respond the positive way like Jake DeBrusque, who is like, all right, I still got to find my game. You know, he gets better after he sat for a little bit. Or you can respond like Jesse uh,
1: Gabrielle. Jesse Gabriel, and then promptly wash out of not just this league, but both of the leagues below it and end up in Australia. Right. So you can respond. They literally sent him to a prison colony because he didn't take it well. Citation needed.
0: I thought about him last night when I was watching ECHL hockey.
1: The fact that he was good enough in the ECHL is... The
0: the fact that he looked at the ECHL as something below him. I think that's the important thing.
1: Well, there's the thing, right? It's like, I think, you know what? I would love a a study in failed prospects who make the mistake of reading the media on them before they fail.
2: Ooh, that would be good.
1: Because, um, remember a lot of people, Matt Kalman was one of the loudest voices, but the summer, two summers ago, Mm -hmm. so not before last year, before the year before, there was talk that Gabriel was a dark horse to make fourth line left wing. Yep and then he didn't. He went to the AHL for 20 games and then partway through his age 20 season he got sent back to the back to the CHL. That doesn't happen. So I wonder if he saw this media saying that he was the dark horse candidate to watch for making these making this position and then just went into a fucking into a fucking sulk afterwards.
2: And here's where something that plays into that as well. I think it was Jer- I read Jeremy Swayman or no, Kyle Kaiser is already seeing a sports psychologist as a young player. I think that's important.
1: I think every goaltender needs to be sports psychologist because in order to be a goaltender, you got to be bug fucking sane. But
2: well, <laughs> yes, but like the young players already getting that in that mindset of getting that because of what you just said, Pe- players buy into their own hype sometimes and when it doesn't work out they're like what the fuck
0: yeah well i mean we we already know that the team encourages everyone to speak either privately or in a group with their sports psychologists so
1: absolutely well and 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 i do think this team has started to recognize so right now our our boston-born players are all ones that don't have this problem but look at jimmy hayes he was coming off an objectively good season before he came to Boston. I think that's one of the things that players need to be told: is if you're playing in your hometown. Stop watching the fucking news. Don't listen to the radio. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I uh-huh. mean, it's bad enough. It's bad enough if you go through a through a uh, ugly streak in a town you're not from. But if you're seeing these things, hearing them on the radio, seeing that re- reading them in the paper, here, seeing them on saw on the sports news. And you know that all of your friends and family are seeing and reading it too. That's got to break you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the differences between Jimmy Hayes and Coyle, Wagner, Grizzlik. Now, yes, also because the three of them are better players than Jimmy Hayes. Jimmy Hayes was a garbage, but he's not a good hockey player. So yes, there's that. But also I get the, I feel like there's a very different how one approaches playing in one's hometown. Right. Yeah, I
2: agree with it, and it also didn't help that he had a brother that was playing better elsewhere as well. I think that was kind of a perfect storm of just that led to his uh, lack of success, and it's sad because I was all I was fully on board with Jimmy Mays or Jimmy Hayes, Jimmy Mays Hayes, the conductor of that hype train.
1: I I mean, I was all in just because we had someone I could I could refer to as a a, a, a player we could I could refer to as Rutherford. So like, I get you.
0: So it's Tori Krug, Matt like Jake Debrusk. Those are the biggies. Those are the yeah. biggies.
1: And then there's other there's a couple of question mark ones, you know. Does Chara come back for another year? Yes, no. What does Sweeney do on the backup goaltender situation? Does he think oh, yes. Kaiser of Lada- or Kaiser of Ladash is ready? Does he roll the dice with Legacy? Does he re sign Halak? What does he do? I would re
2: sign Halak, personally, just because
1: Remember his. Remember Fidosh. how old Halak is, though. Keep in mind, Halak is 33? 34. Oh, okay. So, like, he could fall off a cliff at any moment. Like, unless he resigned for only a year, I don't do it.
2: Well, that's wh- that's what I would try to do. Just because I don't think Kaiser's ready, I don't think Flodash is ready either. Because he...
1: I don't think v- I don't think Vladash is going to be a thing.
2: No, I don't. Honestly, I don't either. He played well today. He got the shutout today, but it was his first game back in Providence in a while after being injured, so he's been injured for a lot of the year.
1: Now, on the flip side, Legacy's playing well, Also, maybe you like you know think, okay, do you think he can be a full-time NHL backup or not? He yeah. <laughs> really wasn't great in Vegas.
0: Yeah, he probably didn't do that, did he? Because uh, you had
1: Subban in Vegas behind Flurry.
2: Well, he did one year because... There was that well, one. Everyone
1: year. got injured. Rick Lagasse was like their third. Was there? He was further back because Oscar Dansk got, got Oscar Dansk got called up before Legacy did too. It
2: was like two or three years ago. He played a decent amount of time. I think it was like thirty games maybe.
1: No way! It was that much, really?
2: Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought it was a decent amount.
1: Uh, he played one game for Vegas last year, and sixteen the year before. And 16. yeah, and he that's those that's the so those 17 games are the extent of his NHL experience. Yeah. His two stints with Vegas aren't great numbers: 867 in the 16 games, and 871 in that one game last year. Ugh. he's a four A player. This year, right now, is way the hell better than any season he's ever had in any league since. 2009, 2010 in the Seminaire Saint Francois blazard in the QMAAA. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's whatever he was in before he made it the actual Q. So I'm I'm assuming that's the Q's Junior A League.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite the uh, name, the QMAAA. Let's see. I kind of want to see what
1: it. It's um, Quebec's midget oh,
2: league. It's League de Hockey Midget AAA de Quebec.
1: Okay, triple A midget then. Okay, that's fair. So that's just, yeah, the last the last thing you play before you start cracking the um uh, CHL leagues. Eh, well, anyways, okay. So there's the backup goaltender question as well. Yeah. But the most important agent uh, um contract questions left in, left in front of Sweeney are are Krug, Grizz, DeBrusque. In probably that order. Yep. Yeah. Although in some ways getting Grizz re-signed is more important than Krug because Grizz is younger. He's an RFA. He's arbitration vet eligible as well. Yes, and he's twenty-five, so a one-year contract would walk him to free agent. Would, would walk him to UFA, I think. So, so it's not even like you can just punt.
0: You have to make a decision. Yeah. All right. Well.
1: We haven't actually talked about this week's games yet, have we?
0: We have not. We have not. Um, First of all, I do want to say that uh, Marshy was the first star of the week from November for 18th to the 24th, where he had three goals, three goals, four assists for seven points. So congratulations, Marshy. But he was still not one of the three stars of the month because those went to all dumb players I don't like. (laughs) Not true, but Patrick Kane was one of them. So fuck that. No, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) the worst 88 let's talk about some games before we talk about some other stuff we'll try to be brief here because
1: okay so the Habs can't sit down anymore after the last tuesday
0: that was really rough that was rough 8 to 1
1: that's utterly and profoundly unlubricated that that score
2: <laughs> also of note beyond like the pasta trick was Stadnika got his first nhl point
0: also of note, besides the pasta trick and Stutnika getting his first NHL point off of getting his first point off of Heinen's goal, uh, the last goal that was scored in the game, my boy. Okay, my two boys. One, it was a birthday game for Brandon Carlo, and though he did not score a goal, he did get an assist on one of the goals. So congratulations. Uh, it was one of pasta's goals. It was fantastic. So
1: Four players had three points that game.
0: My other boy was moved up to the third line with Anders Bjork, And Denton Heinen, and he scored three assists, or he had three assists.
1: Yes. So, yeah, three players with three assists. One of whom was Char, was Sean Corrally. I think, I think we did this by saying he needed to sit. I, I think we did, and I, I felt
0: misguided. He needed something and I wasn't sure what he needed. So I didn't know that the idea was to move him to a third line, but not with his regular line mates, which I had acknowledged that that Cassidy thought that that might have been the problem. They put him on another line with other people and it was fantastic. (laughs) He had Um, eight seconds of power play time that led to the DeBrusque goal.
2: Oh, it was it was great, and I mean, Sean Carelli stepped up to the plate and just did really well.
1: I know. And of course, the, the other players with three were, of course, people you don't necessarily be that surprised. Brad Pasta, Charlie Coyle, slightly more of a surprise. One day before he got his new contract extension.
0: Yeah, it's almost as if, like you know. Don Sweeney said, "Here's a new contract for you," and they just signed it. There was no negotiation after his three point night. <laughs> yes, I,
1: I, you know that's distinctly possible.
2: Also, randomly, Ryan Whitney first reported those contracts.
1: He did. He only term, but yeah, that was that was weird.
0: Okay, this is, so this was one of those games where the Bruins yet again outshot thirty seven to twenty four. There was not a single period where they led in shots at all.
1: But they were the same token. Carey Price only saved, made six saves on 11 shots. Let's talk for a moment on how bad Carey Price is now. (laughs) (laughs) Like two of the worst goaltenders in the league right now are both making over 10 million between Price and Bobrovsky. And incidentally, Vasilevsky, having a rough time, he starts making that much next year.
2: <laughs> but no, Tuka's the problem.
0: Doesn't it make the Tuca-Halak tandem, which is under $10 million, look good?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Huh, weird, right?
0: It's funny how those things work out. Well, we used to fear playing Canadians because I think we were misguided into thinking that price was really, really good, and maybe it was just that our... Players or coaching wasn't really good at all. One of those, maybe both.
1: And of course, it's funny. Bruins are just a symptom. Habs are going through a rough time right now. I've been reading like the the um uh the Habs articles on the Athletic, and it really kind of sounds like Claude's like running it's super close to getting himself fired here, and it's not his damn fault. It's Carey Price's fault. That and the mediocre general mediocrity of the team overall is built. So should we just start calling him Coach Killer? <laughs>
2: i mean are the are the habs as a whole coach killers right now
1: i mean to be fair these have these habs players can't help being who they are so bergevin technically is the coach killer here i mean that's fair i didn't even have to galaxy brain that one
2: not that i want Claude fired because i don't wish that on him but i want babcock to take over in montreal just Because I feel like it would be hilarious. (laughs) Does Babcock
1: speak French, though?
0: I don't think he does. And if he does, he speaks it in a very dumb way.
1: (laughs) What I can gather from Habs people, yeah, because, like, he sounds like he... he, And I'm not trying to knock deaf people. When Babcock talks, he sounds like when a deaf person speaks.
2: Yeah, he kind of... Yeah. He just does.
0: Let's talk about all the bad things about Babcock. <laughs> I
1: know
0: Everything. we're doing it in the middle of the, the, the games we're talking about, but no, no, actually, we're going to save that for later. Let's continue on with the games. Okay. Because we, there is another point about Babcock, uh, but it, the thought of him taking over for the halves is hilarious. Just like, you know, the, the thought that, that keeps springing to mind every once in a while that makes me chuckle a little bit is the idea of Brad Marchand being a, uh, being the captain of the Bruins someday. We said that one time and that as a joke and it's hilarious and I just can't get over it. Um, (laughs) Although he's been wearing the A lately and he's been a good guy. He's wearing, he's wearing Patrice's A with pride and he's showing him that he's a better man.
1: Well, I think, think about it though. If you're Brad, you have to know that at least Kraychie's A is eventually yours. Yeah. Assuming Chara retires this year, which I do think is the case, all bets are off because suddenly there's you know additional vacancies in the in the in in the um alternate in the alternate realm as Bergeron as Bergeron moves up the ladder. And I think
2: with Krug staying, it's going to be Marshy Krug.
1: If Krug stays, I think Krug's the captain after Bergeron personally. But even though it's yeah, delightful I- as a Brad captaincy would be.
2: I I I agree with you there, but I also think that if Krug stays, um, that Krug gets the A when Bergeron moves up.
0: Brad Marchand, captain of the (laughs) Bruins.
2: I mean, people would collectively lose their shit. That would be hilarious.
0: It's almost like the whole John Scott in the All-Star game. (laughs) Can we vote for Marshy to be the captain? Oh, yeah, we got to vote for Marshy to be uh, one of the captains of the uh, All-Star game this year. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Let's do it. Let's start this out. Get out there. Vote on NHL.com as many times as you can. We need him to be one of the captains. I would love it. Let's do it. Because the one time he played in the game, it was hilarious. So I, I'm i going to say this, and then we're going to move on. I think if the Bruins win the cup this year, Chara retires. But I think if they don't win, they're going to have to find a way to figure out how he fits in.
1: I agree. I do think that any further contract should probably be league minimum because every additional contract carries more risk than the last.
2: Right. I agree with that. I also think that If he does come back beyond this year, the whole load management thing has to be a thing. And he'll play maybe, like, 50 games.
1: Honestly, I'm shocked that they're not... Well, it's because we don't have enough healthy NHL-level defensemen, I guess. Because, like... There's the thing about Moore coming back, is that I do think we start seeing some Chara healthy scratches, even if that's not his jam. Because, like, he's 40-fucking-2.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. So... Wednesday night, Thanksgiving Eve When y'all were getting drunk with, your high- with people you weren't really friends in high school at the local bar The Bruins were beating <laughs> the Ottawa Senators You
0: mean <laughs> you weren't waiting for the great turkey to come and bestow stuffing in your slippers?
2: N- no yeah. That'd be unpleasant
1: between the toes
2: <laughs> Also fuck stuffing, I don't even care
1: Oh! <gasps> That's like the only reason to have a turkey dinner.
2: (laughs) No, fuck stuffing. It's dried bread. Fuck that shit.
0: No, it's not. You had poor stuffing. Very bad stuffing. Stuffing is flavorful and it is moist and it is a delight with gravy. Put it in a sandwich with the turkey and the cranberry sauce. Oh my God. What's
1: wrong with you? It's so fantastic. Jesus, Tim, did you learn food from Ty Anderson or something? Or
2: Tuka no, Rask. I'm I'm, I'm so anti stuffing. Fucking I'm done. Like, I don't like it. I'm it's gross.
0: Oh my god. I can't believe Jeff and I are both firmly on team stuffing here. Nope. Oh my god. Did you see Tuka Rask rate stuffing as his number one least favorite thing?
1: Yeah. I and I was on board with that he's from scandinavia they eat pickled fish there he is his, his his argument is invalid
0: actually it wasn't his number one least favorite but it was well down on the la- list so he even hated cranberry sauce even more than that like what's wrong with you
2: no see i don't mind cranberry sauce as long as it's not like the canned stuff i need it
1: to be like the real stuff
0: he rated uh, uh the, the cranberry sauce oh i make cranberry sauce super easy yeah like yeah, if, you, you if, know, you, if
1: you if you do buy from a can it's got to be whole berry don't waste your time with the shit that stays shaped like a can yeah no, yeah I'm, I'm, berry, I'm good with that non-negotiable
0: yeah i i started a couple of years ago making my own cranberry sauce and i have never looked back it's 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 delightful but yeah he rated corn highly i i'm like and then mac and cheese is a thanksgiving dinner thing what
1: not for me not my family by the way, did you, did you see a few weeks ago, someone had one of those Google Maps up there with like areas where people like their favorite pies and it had New England with, with pecan pies. It's like, no, most New Englanders don't even know what the fuck a pecan pie is. Pumpkin. That is a southern thing. Pumpkin or apple in New England. Non-negotiable, nothing else. Yep. In fact, in my house, we're
0: divided. Glenn is a pumpkin guy. He loves that. He likes apple, but he's a pumpkin guy. And I'm an
2: apple girl. See? Yeah, fuck pecans too. I don't like but pecans. It,
0: no, I like pecan pie, but it's not it's not a staple. It,
1: it no, i certainly not a New England thing. Likewise, macaroni and cheese is as, as a Thanksgiving side, not a New England thing. No, it's We're not. traditional, so we understand Thanksgiving. We do this shit properly. We're not fucking around with macaroni and cheese and pumpkin and uh, and, and, and and pecan pie.
2: No. No. No apple.
1: We're not the lunatics to put marshmallows on top of on, on top of sweet potatoes.
2: No. Oh god, I don't like that either. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> like, I want mashed potatoes and I want green bean casserole. That's all I want. Oh,
0: I don't like green bean casserole. No.
1: I mean, me, me. the green vegetable for us growing up was always Brussels sprouts sautéed with walnuts. Ooh. I'm a very big fan of Brussels sprouts. They are my favorite vegetable.
0: Whoa! I this is I did not know this. I actually I I enjoy Brussels sprouts roasted.
1: Salt and pepper and oil. That's all you need. I, I roast them a lot with with um, also with shallots, almond slivers, and garlic. All
0: right, that that's fine.
1: That's what I did yesterday for our friend for, for, for our slightly late Friendsgiving. Obviously, I can't do a Thanksgiving Amer- American Thanksgiving dinner on American Thanksgiving because if you work that day, you cannot make a turkey because you will be eating at ten thirty at night. Optimistically,
2: also true.
0: Right. I, I made a turkey and we actually didn't eat until like 4.30. But that's okay. I told him it's going to happen when it happens. And I'm not going to stress out about this. And we're going to have a nice Thanksgiving. And we did. And I cooked a 13 and a half pound turkey. And it was the most gorgeous turkey I've ever made. And I've only ever made two. So it was good. So
1: the turkey yes. I made yesterday. Even the white meat was juicy. I couldn't believe what I managed. Oh my God! Yes, yes, it happened with me Holy, too. Holy, the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah,
0: the white meat was fantastic. It was so so juicy, and we didn't even like. Carve I usually it.
1: avoid white. I usually avoid white meat like the plague. Like I only eat the dark meat on the turkey. I don't even buy chicken breasts because like it's not forgiving. Also, there's more flavor in dark meat anyway. So fuck white meat. But <laughs>
2: uh, I'm the opposite with that too. I just I prefer the white meat.
1: It's just so hard to get it right. In order to cook the dark meat enough, usually you gotta overcook the white light and it goes poorly, but this was beautiful. You know what I did make this chick tur- turkey different actually? It was um uh, we had a, a whole shitload of, of homemade garlic aioli we made last weekend. That was about to turn because it doesn't yeah, I know. Anyway, instead of using butter on the outside of the turkey or under the skin, I smeared that that on it and that was a, a very beautiful effect. It worked quite well.
0: Yeah, now, see, I understand. I understand why you would do that because it's just oil and eggs and then spices, right? I get that. I understand that. Intellectually, I understand that. But in my mouth, I know.
1: <laughs> I can't tell. It just melts off. Really. I, I, few I, stuff, I know. Like, but... Stuff it and, and, and congealed, and that's like, okay, you go away. But the rest was fine. So
0: now you know what to do. If for some reason I were at your house and you made me a turkey and did that, you just don't the, tell the me
1: about it. You yes. don't tell me.
0: And then I won't know.
1: See? Again, this was the, of the moment because we had all this ale that was going to turn. So.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I understand. I understand. You know what I did with my turkey? I roasted it for an hour upside down.
1: Breast down. I, I, doing that. I just couldn't get it to balance. Right. So I walked away.
0: <laughs> I bought a new pan. Uh, I, I said, Glenn, I I am done with that other pan. I'm buying a new pan. It's just a roaster pan with a rack of like a. It's not even actually a V rack. It's a rack like this.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. My my parents have one of those for their roaster, too. And it is quite nice because like that's what you need to be able to do to to cook it upside down. And that's great. That's a great idea. There's some more fat in the dark meat. Have it run down. It keeps the white meat fresher. Your dark meat cooks enough and doesn't end up slimy. So even people that don't like dark meat might be on board.
0: Yep. And then Glenn (laughs) turned it for me. Right. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to cook. He just had to do a couple of things. He turned it right side up. And then you know I cooked it the rest of the way for two and a half hours um on a lower temperature. The skin got nice and crispy, especially around the wings and the legs, so that was good. you know that was the one
1: downside to what I did is the skin the skin didn't come out great. The turkey was wonderful, but I sacrificed the skin for it. I think that's a fair trade,
0: yeah, yeah, I love it,
1: turkey I love good crispy turkey skin, but like all the re- the large amount of the rest of the meat coming out good is is probably a plus. Yeah, that's um, the more important thing. It's a fair, it's a very good trade to make.
0: Yeah, it's fine. I was just proud of myself for this turkey because it turned out pretty much perfectly. Okay, and my stuffing was great. I forgot the salt and pepper, but that's okay. You could put salt and pepper on it. You know what I mean? But it had a lot of herbs. It had parsley, sage, thyme, marjoram. All fresh,
1: yesterday was the first time I ever. Yesterday was the first time I've ever cooked with fresh sage, and I was very happy with that. Oh, well, my I gosh. I've never used ground, used ground before. And was...
0: You know what you should do? You should do this. Make a compound butter. So basically, soften butter and and whip it, but cut up a fre- a bunch of fresh uh, herbs, put it in there, and, and, and mix it together. Then you put it in a... Uh, Uh, You make it into a tube shape with like a saran wrapper or, or or, um, wax paper or parchment or something. You make it into a tube. You can put it in the freezer to use for a future time, or you can use it to saute any number of things, vegetables and meats and stuff. It's so good. You can't go wrong. You can pick any, any herbs really. Okay. So now that we've talked about all of this team, team stuffing, team, not Mac and cheese Team Apple or Pumpkin?
1: There we go. We know where we are. Anyway, Senators joyless hockey. They did outshoot the Bruins by thirteen, but they lost two one because of Brad Marchand and
0: Sedano Chara. Our foot tall
1: captain, Sedano <laughs> motherfucking Chara, who is on a rip. He five goals so far this season right now. I know he's like doing he's doing like vintage Chara things at forty two, like you know ripping slappers through the back through to the back of the net. It's really great.
0: Yep. It was fantastic. And
1: speaking of Chara, I know we didn't want to talk about this yet. Oh, no, we'll, we'll come back to this later. No, we'll come back to this later because we have to circle. There's other topics related to that. Sorry. Didn't happen. Ignore me. So.
0: Sean Carley had another point. Yes, he did. Yep. Okay. So that's the second game. He has points. Okay. Well, yeah, we don't really need to talk about that game because for the most part, it was Joyless only scoring in the third period. And the Friday game was much more interesting to talk about, if not just for the phantom penalties that uh, Sean Corrales got and the the looks on his face each time, which were fantastic. Thankfully, somebody in Tumblr gifted that for us um, so that we could all enjoy them forever and ever. But uh, Friday's game, it was... You know, it was a lot tougher for the Bruins than I thought it would be. And there is a lot of stuff that happened in that game.
1: Yeah. So, Bruins start off, give up the first goal in the first period to Pavel Bushnevich. Bushnevich. I don't know where to put the emphasis there. Yep. Um, He's a bitch. It's kind of unfortunate. Second period, they give up the second goal as well to. Heedle! This guy isn't even a full time manager yet, and I feel like this guy's just gonna be a pain in our ass for the next fourteen years.
0: Yeah, because he scored the last to time too, right?
1: Yeah, well, he was also involved in the whole McAvoy Cheadle Rask collision last year too. Uh...
2: At least it wasn't zabenjad zabenjad uh, I- I'm getting sick of him being good.
1: Oh. <laughs> Well, Well, he was minus one that game, so. uh...
0: Yeah, so he didn't really do anything. I'm just frustrated because is it Cheetle or is it Heedle? Because we're hearing two different ones and Jack usually tries to get the names right, so. I've only ever heard
1: Jack say Cheetle. Yeah, me too. They said
2: Heedle on the um, NBC broadcast. Right. I don't know.
1: But the NBC broadcast can be reliably expected to fuck everything up. Yeah. Because they still think it's a good idea to employ Doc Emmerich.
0: And Mike Bilbrey.
1: And what's his name? Jones and Ronick, And at least they smartened up and stopped him playing. I'm a penis guy. Right. Um. True.
0: Okay. So, in the second period, there was a. Uh, the Bruins finally scored a goal. And for a little bit, we didn't really know who it was. Right. Because it, it went around a little bit between Carlo and DeBrusque. And, and then Corrali, nobody could tip tell. It. Yeah, he did tip it. Okay, but at first, Nico was
2: around the net, too,
0: but he didn't even touch it. He was there to witness it going in. No, you're
1: right. Which is a shame getting a Sean Corrales goal without because if it's not clear, you don't get a leap.
0: No, we were. We totally missed out on that. And also the Bruins Twitter thing didn't show their Corrales thing for the second time this year. They they have to have a little crowley. They have uh, gift everybody. They have everybody's gift there. They don't have his gift, and they didn't show it because they couldn't tell for a long time. And so then. By that time, the, the time had passed, and and so on and so forth. So, yeah, we missed out on the Corral Leap. And, uh, in fact, he was there, like, uh, he's been so excited about everybody's goals. Like, uh, he's like, I don't care, I'm not scoring a goal, but I helped you score a goal, or I was on the ice when you scored a goal. Come here, I'm very excited for you, right? So then Stutnicka goes over to him, and he's like... Come here, I'm your papa bear. And then Stedic is like, No, it's yours <laughs> <laughs> So so anyway, it's okay. Um he got his second goal. We're all very happy. Uh and that completes so far the the three game point streak for Sean Coralie. Let's make it four tonight. Then then of course also- uh,
1: David Pasternak comes out in the third. Yeah. And uh scores his 24th, because as David Pasternak does.
0: He scores goals.
1: He scores goals. Lots of them. Lots of them. All of them. um, From Krejci and Dabrask. So that's, you know. (laughs) Krejci gets another two-point game. Now, mind you, that line only existed because of that whole concussion spotter fiasco with Marshawn. Yes. Yes. Which I still don't fully understand what happened there. And then people made fun of Brad for complaining. He's like, he's criticizing the the spotters for not getting their shit together. Not that he got removed from the game or that he got hit. He's complaining that they didn't figure it out until after the fucking intermission.
0: Okay, I will say one thing right now. I understand what he's saying. People are taking more offense at the fact that he said they're up there on, uh, you know, on the ninth floor in the press box eating hamburgers and pizza and not paying attention to the game. Okay. That's what a lot of people are offended by, but it doesn't matter what Brad says. He's going to offend people. So I'm not going to take issue with that. I will take issue with them taking 25 minutes to figure it out. But I also think, I also wonder if Brad got the elbow, you know, to the head, maybe Brad should have pulled himself off and said, I need to have somebody check this out. Just saying. I know it's not his job and he, and players are never really going to do that. But in his case, maybe he should have.
2: But I could see him being mad just because it happened before the second intermission. You had second intermission. Then he came out for the third and then they pulled him. So I can see why he's mad with that. Just because, like you said, it took so long. And if they thought he was fine through intermission and everything like that, I mean. Why didn't they check him during intermission?
0: Right? Yeah. He apologized for his comments, but I think the team made him apologize because they retweeted it on their Twitter page. So I feel for Brad. I think he has a bad reputation. Some of it deserved, some of it not. And uh, he's getting a lot of shit for this. And, you know, it, somebody messed up and I don't think it was him. So there we go. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, he looked a little dazed after that hit. Somebody should have spotted that. But also, you know, when they looked at him for the rest of the game, he looked like he was vaguely in pain and that he didn't feel great. And, you know, Cassidy said he came in with the with flu-like symptoms. He left with flu-like symptoms and then he didn't skate on Saturday for being sick.
2: Must be something going around in Boston because I'm pretty sure the Patriots took a separate plane, two separate planes today, one for sick players and one for not. <laughs> oh, God. Oh my
0: God. The zombie virus has finally hit. <laughs> don't get the vaccine though. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. I mean, get your flu vaccines. That I am very much for that, but if somebody says that there's like a specific like anti-zombie vaccine, don't get that. That's not I right, agree. Right. right. Um, yeah. Those were uh oh yeah, we didn't even finish up that game, right? Okay, because
1: after Pasta forced overtime, David Krejci scored a goal, which is, you know, not the most common occurrence. It was beautiful. From Pasta that- and, uh, oh, oh, goaltender assist. Halak, halak! halak had the second assist.
0: Halak made some really nice saves there in that game. You
1: it know. was a Halak of a game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? The shots on goal were almost even. So congratulations. Bruins know how to shoot.
2: That pasta assist though was insane. Also, pasta may be like just with how hot he is with his points and stuff right now, may be the best player in the NHL right now playing.
0: Well, he stick handled the hell out of that puck and got it over to Krejci. And no, you know, and he sold Hendrik Lundqvist on him shooting it.
2: Yeah. He sold him a dream and then it was just a wide open net. Like it was insane. I also wanna point out that you said you missed the Corale GIF and stuff like that. The new creative director of the Bruins, Mark Majuski Majuski, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, has been awesome with like the their stuff this year with their um with their new like Uh, gifts and just the whole entire thing with the wallpapers and everything like that. I enjoy everything that's been done with that.
0: They are, but perhaps he should send me my own personal message of that gift because I never see it. That's all I'm saying. But really, I mean, I did get the gift that keeps on giving um, the gifts of his reactions because he is the most fun to see the reaction on his face when he gets called for a penalty. Remember the "Are you fucking kidding me?" from a couple of weeks ago? That was fantastic. Oh yeah, that was
2: that was great.
0: <laughs> and then the other one—he's just looking like he looks up and he's like, "What? I, uh, all right, okay."
2: I also love, 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 love how I was like going through Twitter sphere after the win and saw Rangers fan complaining about the refs after having like six penalties to the Bruins six power plays to the Bruins one I was like calm down you had your opportunities
0: the 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 refs can't help you score in the power play sorry that that's up to you so they can help you get the power play but they can't help you score on it and that's all I'm gonna say about that okay we we do have to move on we should talk about the one really big news event that happened outside of the Bruins uh purview
1: turns out Bill Peter sorry sorry you had more intro so.
0: Oh no no I was just going to say that uh it's outside the the Bur- uh, Bruins purview we hope because we haven't heard anything bad but it also relates a little bit to another coach that got fired recently and it really portends badly for the GM the current GM of the Seattle whatever they're going to be named
1: so Oh boy yeah sure there is a Bruins thing related and it's an uplifting thing Okay we'll close with that oh. So it turns out um, now former Calgary uh, Flames coach uh, Bill Peters is um, a garbage human being and piece of shit in a variety of ways.
0: Yep. Uh, Whether it was a racial slur that he used against a uh, Nigerian-born but various uh, place-raised hockey player where he used the N-word to describe his music...
1: Incidentally, let's have a word. Let's have a moment of a moment of appreciation of the fact that a Nigerian-born player who was raised in the Ukraine and Canada. I mean, in Ukraine and Canada, that's uh, that's up there with Mika Zabonishad in terms of un, of improbable heritage, isn't it?
0: Well, I mean, yes and no because you have people like Johnny Oduya as well, who I think his uh, I think he might also be Nigerian. Swedish-born.
1: He's Swedish born, I thought.
0: All right. Well, anyway, the point is, is that hockey is for everyone. And we do believe that whether or not the league believes that we believe that. So we it's really upsetting to hear about somebody who has promise and who is playing in the AHL. You know, you're playing hockey and you're playing it professionally, but you get turned off by it because you have coaches who threaten you and who are also
1: just racist as fuck. Well, yeah, you've had players that played with with the player Akim Alu. Alu, Alu. I don't know. I haven't heard it pronounced ever.
0: Uh, it's probably Alu.
1: Anyway, who who said this? Like this kid's, go- this guy's going to be the real deal, and then he never he played some games for the Flames years later. But basically, like he, he attributes this to causing his collapse. He was almost immediately afterwards sent down to the ECHL, which um. Honestly, why is no one asking questions about Stan Bowman then?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this he was the have... Rockford Ice Hogs, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, yes, because So why has not why has there been no questions about Bowman here? I don't know. Uh, Chicago Brass signed off
0: on it. Yeah.
1: Um Bowman went on to trade Elu as a add on when he sent Dustin Buffalo into Atlanta the following summer, by the way. Mm. Interesting, right? Yeah. So, anyway, and then of course, uh, Peters went on later to subsequently, of course, be an assistant in Detroit and later an assistant. Which we haven't heard anything about his time in Detroit working for Babcock. Oh, yeah. Okay. We haven't heard anything from then, but then, of course, when he went to become the head coach in Carolina, day after the 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 um, allegations from LEU came out. Um, former um, former uh, hurricane and the possibly improbably named Mikhail Jordan. Michael <laughs> Jordan. Yep. Um. Um, said that at least in one game he'd um, uh, been kicked in the back by 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 Peters on the bench, and that Peters had uh, punched another player whom whom Jordan didn't didn't name in the head. Oh my God. Subsequently, um, Rod Brindamore said, yes, this happened. Brindamore, of course, was on Peters' coach staff at the time. Right. Players And said that players and junior coaches had gone to Ron Francis, who was then GM. Yep. And, of course, Peters did not get fired. But this was supposedly, quote-unquote, dealt with.
0: Ron Francis said that he went up the chain with this and they were, they said, no,
1: you didn't. Which incidentally, why no one's asking any. So, so well, this would have been before done done. So this would have been like uh when Carmanos was still the owner, which interesting because of course, Peter Carmanos couldn't go a week and a half without being involved in something shifty, whether it was his kid suing him for raiding their trust fund to pay for the team.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, maybe he's not the best source then.
1: <laughs> no, um, but, of course, Dundon, well, oh, very quickly after buying the team, uh, fired uh, Francis. And I've seen more than a few suggestions that this was related to why. Oh, But it's yes. uh, nothing clear on that.
0: Right. So this affects multiple teams, this one piece of
1: garbage uh, who was allowed to coach. Of course, because now Ron Francis is, you know, the, the, the GM of the, of the currently fetal uh, um, Seattle, whatever's they're going to call themselves, mm-hmm. and of course Bill Peters. Um, after a couple day investigation, got fired. Incidentally, old Bruins friend. Oh, friend's a strong word. Although he did assist, he what? Jeff Ward is now the Flames' coach. Former special Boston Bruins special teams coach Jeff Ward. He of the worst possible power play to watch. That the entire system was just cycle, 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 Chara slapper. Lather, rinse, repeat.
0: Oh my God! And former Adler Mannheim head coach Jeff Ward, and he
1: did, and he was on um, uh, on uh, Jim Hines' uh, staff in in in, um, uh, in New Jersey after after uh, after Mannheim.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yeah, so there's that. And uh, Babcock stuff. Proceed.
0: Yes. So. <laughs> Babcock got fired last week or so, right? So, And the problem that has emerged is that uh, basically Babcock decided to go to a young team member and say, hey, who do you think is performing uh, above and beyond? Who's Who's got great work ethic? Who doesn't? And then he, you know, if he had asked him anonymously and used it as a teaching moment we're not, we wouldn't be talking about this, right? But he decided to go in front of the team and out the kid that that gave him these results. And, uh, and tell the team members who this kid, who it seems to be Mitch Marner, who he thought didn't work well, who didn't have good work ethic. There is nothing more destructive that you can do to a team than to pit one person against another person,
1: and this this puts the the Leafs' play those last few weeks with Babcock very much in focus. Like everyone's been saying, this is a team playing like they want the trying to get a coach fired. Like you you hear that, but so, but this was the first time I've ever seen it where I'm convinced <laughs> that that's the case. Yeah, and with that detail, it's like okay, now we can see why they were doing it. That is
0: abusive. It is really, really abusive that you can't fuck with young kids' minds like that. Because he's poisoned to other teammates around him. He you've poisoned his mind with the idea that uh that, that was okay. That's not okay. It's okay to tell somebody like, Look, if you have a problem with them, like if you think this guy isn't working up to the efforts that you think he should, go to him and talk to him about it. Oh, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You talk about it together by yourselves, right? Encourage that. Don't don't do that. Uh, the other thing where you pit them against each other, or you basically say this person thinks that you suck. <laughs> I mean, you didn't probably say it that way, but basically, it's like, man, that was so bad. You you just you can't do that. And I thought, did I hear something correct that he had like a sports psychology degree from McGill? <laughs> that- <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. That might be wrong. But if if he did, uh, that is the um, that, that that's bad.
1: Yeah. Now, on some bright sides that have come out of this, of course, is um, folks like Mike Commodore having a fucking time on the Babcock front. So good for him. You know, That man very much hates Mike Babcock. The yeah. other thing that's been interesting is, you know, Dan Carcillo has been doing a lot of good work since he left the league, which is more than can be said about his time in the league. Okay. Oh, wait. Okay.
0: Yes. Uh, he graduated uh, in uh, from McGill in 1986 with a bachelor's degree in physical education and also did some postgraduate work in sports psychology. Okay. So he doesn't have a degree in that.
1: Clearly, he didn't take, which is why there's only some. <laughs> Anyway, so Dan Carcillo's been having a field day, too, because this is the sort among the sorts of things that he's waging war on, right? Just, like, things that make players' lives bad. hmm And so, like, he's been, you know, been hinting that there's other things com- coming up. One of the ones that's interesting that he's hinted is that there's going to be some very awful things about the Sutters. Not just Daryl, not just Brent, all of them. Wow. Oh, boy. Coming in the near future. Interesting. And of course, all of them means a lot of Sutters because there's like the original run of Sutters were like five of the four or five of them, plus their various descendants. <laughs> oh, I thought there were like six, but yeah, there's a lot. I can't keep track. There's lots of them. Too many Sutters.
0: Yeah. Um
1: Yeah. So anyway, now on a Bruins thing, besides of course, you know, the, the seeing Jeff Ward become the head coach in the NHL. One thing that came out this week is that and this was mentioned earlier, but this became very relevant this week, is that Chara, as a captain, remembers when he was a rookie and remembers having to go through all sorts of rookie hell mm-hmm. and categorically will not let his team members of the teams, he, of his teams, haze rookies, not even the rookie lap. If you've noticed Bruins went from their first playing game, hey, Jack Stundica played his first game this week. No rookie lap. Because Chara does not allow it. Right. Like, this is one of those moments you remember. It's like it's sort of an a, 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 a underrated thing, but just how profoundly good a human being Zidano Chara is.
0: Right, right. He was teased mercilessly because of his height, because he was from Slovakia, because, you know, he's new to this world, basically, even though he's super Well, that was just,
1: he's been in North America for like a year, and then he's playing in the AHL in Kentucky. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Although he had a really good time with, um, I guess he he played in the, uh, did he play in the OHL or the WHL? Wait, uh,
1: I think he was Prince George. I could be wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, he had a really great time there, and the, the, uh he still has friends from that time. Oh, his billet family remembers him very, very fondly, and he he them. But yeah, he of course we've yep, known I got this. that
1: right. Prince George, cool. Yeah, nice. We only kn- played the one season there. And then he played in Kentucky the next year in the AHL. Oh
0: God, <laughs> nobody should play in Kentucky ever. The Kentucky
1: Thoroughblades. thats a that's that's a name you usually expect in somewhat lower level of hockey than that. Only the one season because then oh the Islanders—they're affiliate to Lowell with the Lowell Lock Monsters.
0: And then he Remember played that. there.
1: And then was an Islander for two years before, you know, the whole um, uh, Alexi Yashin trade. Let's all pause for a moment to laugh at Ottawa because that's more or less they're just a comedy of errors. <laughs> 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 anyway,
0: he doesn't want anybody to feel like that. It's really obvious that he isn't like that because he's basically had so many young guys under his wing lately, you know, and you can tell that they're not. They're not abused. They're not mistreated. They they feel like they're part of the team, you know, uh, like uh, they showed uh, Cameron Hughes on a Behind the Bee. He was coming up to the team for the first time. Uh, Charlie Coyle right off the bat is like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, yeah, uh, we're going to play some hockey tonight. Let's let's have a good time. Good to see you. Young guys are treated very well and treated equally because that's what you want. And you don't think that you should have to tell people that, but apparently you have to tell people that you're not part of the team because you undergo a hazing ritual. You are part of the team because you're up there and you're playing a game together.
2: And honestly, well, like the thing that boggles me is, I mean, these guys go through a ton together on and off the ice. Why would you want to put someone that you're going to be going through hell with, basically, through more hell. It's not easy going through an NHL season. Like, especially if you're a rookie playing your first full season, you don't want, you you have so much you're going through. You have, sometimes you have a bit of money for the first time. You're in a new city, usually. All this stuff. Why would you want to add to that, uh, that anxiety for a new player? I don't know. Some people are just dicks.
0: But not everybody, and I think that's really important to know. And what, you know what? When you run into the people who are not dicks, for lack of a better word, if you run into the people who are good, you should point them out, no matter what team they're on, no matter who they are.
2: hmm And that's the kind of thing, I think, especially with the Bruins, that builds like kind of a culture where people, the young players see what Chara is doing with that and they're going to pass that down and so on and so forth. You build that culture of being welcoming and being like a family. And I mean, we see the chemistry this team has. They genuinely like each and every one of each other. Like we saw the picture from the giant Halloween party. Like we see the different pictures of guys when they're out together, we see all of that. They genuinely care for each other. And when you can build that kind of culture around a team, I think it's special, and I think it's something that teams often try to do, but they aren't always able to succeed at that, and the Bruins have done that.
0: Yeah, and honestly, though, the the most important thing that you need to pull from this, though, is that making sure you instill that in people so that when they do go somewhere else, because not everybody stays with the same team forever, when they go somewhere else, they keep that culture alive, and they also point out when it's not happening and make it right. So I agree. It's yeah. got to it's got to grow beyond that, um, and hopefully that will happen. I don't want to ever want to see any of these guys anywhere else, but we know it will happen someday. So, with that, I think we should talk about the schedule of this week.
1: Yes. So today is December first, Sunday, and the Bruins are playing in six minutes against the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> at the TD Garden. Um, At the time, if you were hearing this, well, we've known the outcome for some days. (laughs)
0: But we're still surprised here in the
1: past. Yes. Um, They follow this up on Tuesday, December 3rd, 7 p.m. Eastern Time at the Garden again against the Carolina Hurricanes.
0: Ooh, the first
1: time this season. Yeah, first time since they swept them in the Eastern Conference Finals.
2: And they're kind of reeling lately, too, so.
1: It's true. They've been having a rough time. Their AHL affiliate, the Calder Cup champions, just got smoked by by by, by Providence this weekend twice too. So there's that. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah, Charlotte's bad, bad, bad.
1: Yeah. Um. So moving on. Um. Thursday, December fifth, seven p.m. Eastern time again at the Garden against Chicago. Remember, everyone spit at Patrick Kane. It's your you're doing. You're doing a public service when you do. <laughs> And finally, closed it out Saturday with the second game and second and final game of the season against the Colorado Avalanche again at Boston. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be going to that game. And like, like Rantanen uh, has been re- reactivated, so you know they'll have they'll have. Actually, that's bad. The Avs have been playing well despite several of their good players being out for the last month and a half. So, incidentally, did you see the GIF when Redden got injured? How is he possibly able to walk ever again, let alone play this soon? His leg was pointing the wrong direction. I think (laughs) that
0: somebody said uh, that his leg was pointing the wrong direction, and I did not look at it.
1: Because I I just. I the GIF and I was like, oh, God, this season must be done. So, like, I'm kind of shocked. Anyway, four games this week against. three non-playoff teams, and the Avs. All right! And it, of course, starts off a month of a pretty intense month, fortunately, with only um, uh, one back-to-back, but uh, not a lot of days off. Uh, in fact, they only get more than one day off. The first two days off in the next... <sighs> they play a game every other day until the 15th and 16th, and they have two days off this is a rough month we talked about it last week but now that we're here we're here it's a lot of games 8 in the next 14 days 12 in the next
2: 21 and
1: 11 like you, in the next 21 rather sorry
2: and like you said Jeff with John Moore possibly coming back soon this may be the time where you start like giving Tara a few days off so he can kind of rest some games
1: you suddenly got the resources to do it. Why not, right? Yep. Yep. Um. Hmm. So, there's that. Um. Shall we end so we can go actually watch this game? Oh
0: yes, 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 yes.
1: Okay, listeners, you've been listening to Barely On Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Talk to us on Twitter. At barely on topic, or on Facebook at barely on topic podcast, and of course there are always our individual Twitter accounts. I am at Dr. Handgrenade.
2: I am at Tim A. Richardson, and I
0: am writing a three-game point streak, hopefully four.
1: Dot com, also known as at Va from RI. Woohoo. Tim. Word.